Diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up this No, 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 no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, suck no, no. You, you are. defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestlemania. Alongside for the ride is JC. JC, we finally have gotten through the Royal Rumble. And it was a fun rumble. And we're going to talk about it, but Nestlemania, we got to shift gears because we're on the road to we're in the fast lane. Ugh. I think it's like three weeks away, so I think it's end of the month. So Did they even got say that to look forward to. I don't know. They haven't, but I'm pretty sure uh, it's a Super Bowl. And then the week after that is the, I think there's an NXT show. I think, and then I think on the weekend after that, there is a uh, the fast lane, I believe. I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe it's two weeks beyond that, but I saw someone talk about it. Personally, so. I never think anything about fast lane in my life, so is what hey, it is. You might with uh, what happened on Raw, so Who we'll knows? get there. Who knows, folks? Who knows? But before we get to that, JC, we have a special announcement. There is a young man overseas. His name is one Leo Grimwood, it is going to be his 10th birthday on February 4th. His dad, Danny, is a part of the Jobberknocker. We love Leo. We love Danny. So we wanted to give Leo a special 10th birthday shout out from the Jobberknocker because he is one cool kid and he likes Randy we Orton. Got, we got to meet him on Sunday. We did get to, to meet him. him on our little knocker chat. Leo, probably the smartest man in that household because he loves Randy Orton. So I think he should turn to his dad and be like, look, dad, I know you love Seth Rollins. But Seth Rollins isn't even half the wrestler Randy Orton is. So, boom! Happy birthday, Leo. You the man. You are the man, Leo. We hope you enjoy listening. We hope that uh, you keep listening for years to come. All right. With that a happy note, we should probably get into, I guess, the Royal Rumble. We could, but Nestlemania, I have one more thing we got to talk about, and that is tpublic.com slash jobberknocker. Our boy TJ has been working around the clock getting up super hot fire designs. Yes, that is one of them. But also, the always in the shine has been added. I bought one immediately when it went up. Uh, because it's a, our boy Billy uh, worked on this a while ago, and now it's finally available. You should get one. It's awesome. My Lepta Dolphin came in this weekend. My Super Hot Fire Mask came in this weekend. So tpublic.com slash Jobberknocker. Get your merch. It's great shit. It's great shit. I mean, I, I got my Jobber shirt, the Sega Jobber. I got my Already in the Ring. I got my Super Hot Fire Baseball t-shirt. I got all these stickers, JC. I don't even know if I showed you these. The stickers. Ooh, I love the stickers. So stickers are That's good. the one thing I love about Public is that I've got a lot of things to decorate my office at work with, like, some people that do, like, funny Celtics designs. So any of our cool knocker designs, you can get in a sticker, you can get laptop cases, so on and so forth. I can't wait for a mug. Imagine getting a super hot fire mug when you're eating or drinking. I was looking at the mugs, and I couldn't decide which one I wanted, so I'm waiting. I'm going to so get I... myself a Nestlemania mug because, you know, I love of me. Of course. But, you know. I agree with that. Anyway, besides loving myself, did you love the Rumble? I, I so it definitely wasn't as good as last year because I mm. thought last year, especially the men's match, was one of the best of all time. It wasn't on that level, but overall, I thought it was a very good show. Uh, my favorite part of the Rumble, obviously, it's the Rumbles, but I think the best thing at the Rumble was the last man standing match, which we will get to. But the worst part of the Rumble, I guess, is where it would start because it was on the pre show, and that was the women's tag teams championships. This match was a super hot dump, uh, it was horrible. We did have a title change, but the schmoz was poorly done. But I, I don't even know if you watched this because I know you hopped on late. But if you haven't watched it, don't even bother because it is the drizzling poopy poops. I actually went back and watched it because, you know, I, I have to. Uh, I'm a glutton for punishment. But, however, I will say this much. Uh, Drew McIntyre to come out on Monday and sell the whole pay-per-view. And I like I could see it in his eyes. He's like, yeah, they just tore it up. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, you're not even making eye contact no, with the camera. Didn't. Stop. Stop lying to yourself. Stop. 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 
but no, it, it, it was what it was. Um, again, they're, they're doing a little too much, as we would like to say. Uh, Gaga, so Lady Gaga reared her ugly head. She's not ugly. I love Lady Gaga. But Lady Gaga reared her ugly head um, for this matchup because it was kind of all over the place, like you said. Because you instructed me what had happened, so I had a kind of preconceived notion of what I missed. Went back and saw it, and I was like, oh, this is worse than I imagined. So <laughs> I know? told you. like, It's one of those things that's like this storyline, we didn't want it when it happened, but it was like good and we weirdly liked it. But the problem is, it's been the same thing for about three weeks now. It's time to evolve it or just move on. Because um, clearly, like, give me Charlotte Lacey at Fastlane. Like, let's just do it. I sure. don't know. Maybe they're saving for Mania, but that would be, I don't know. I don't know. But it just, it's its time to push it forward. And I'm sure we'll talk about what happened on Monday. But Nessa Mania, we're going to get to the main card now where, you know, they had to keep shoveling the shit on us early, which was fine. You know, just get it out of the way. But uh, McIntyre versus Goldberg in a finish off. This match was short and sweet, at least. The right man won. But man, I mean, I do. it did seem like Goldberg was getting a send-off, to me at least. It felt like it was a proper send-off with all the respect that Drew was getting, letting him have and having his moment. Um, so not only I want your reaction on the jobber alert, but I also want your reaction on if this is the last time we see Goldberg actually wrestle. No, I believe that Goldberg has, they said, two matches a year Crown for Jewel. like... Two matches, Whatever that is. two matches a year he has to do for the next three years or something like that. I'm sure I'm wrong because contracts and dark Let me sheets, rephrase this then. Is this his last shot at the WWE Championship? One that he never won because to me, this felt like finality for something. Maybe it's the finale of him going for that championship. I hope you're right. But I just, there's something about Goldberg that you never say never. And it's just like the the right opportunity at the right time. They're going to look and go, you know, Goldberg could do that. And it, no, he can't. But, you know. <laughs> And, and proof on Sunday because here's what I so I also had to jump off later because uh, I jump off late rather I uh, jump on late rather can't speak not sleeping he's jumping somewhere you get the point. yeah I'm jumping back in <laughs> and so uh, I missed the match but I saw the the uh, tweets and the text from each other and like I saw Ray say something and you said calm down like and I was <laughs> in my head I'd already been like oh well Goldberg won I'm good like let's get that out of the way and now I can enjoy the rest of the night then when I saw what happened I was like oh that's not that bad like I don't know what what he specifically did but okay yeah. it was i will say it um i believe it was the joe stopper and i on first when he hit that spear right off the bat after they came in the ring we were both horrified so it worked in that respect but it was like the minute drew kicked out i'm like okay thank god he survived that we should be fine but like watching that live and not knowing what's going to happen every time goldberg hit a spear and then when he had the droppy jackhammer that's what i was going to say yeah. he can hold anyone up I'm still like cringing because I'm like, if this, if I hear the word three, I'm gonna cry. But we didn't get it. So no, so, I mean, that's the other thing too. Like, I, I made a joke on Twitter. And I think Guthrie, you know, retweeted it or whatever. But it's just, it's the truth. He has three moves, and if you can't do the jackhammer correctly, then why are you there? Like, that is a <laughs> dangerous move. move. You have one move, <laughs> two moves maybe if you, you know huffing and puffing one or and slamming your head into a walker. But no, it's just, it's rough. Like, it's really, really rough. And I think that it would be beneficial for Goldberg to be, you know, treaded out for a spot. And like, honestly, they didn't take up a lot of our time. They really didn't. No, so, which is I mean, good. It was, I think, a lot of it was a theatrics. Yeah, and I think that that's what we we time. that's kind of what we know. Like Goldberg to be the the dragon, you know, and that's it, and that's over. So let's move on. I don't think there's anything else to say here because I think we've talked more about it than the match was. So let's move on. Next up, we have the SmackDown Women's Championship match. This is when the cards started to get a little better. We were building, so I was okay with it. Sasha does end up beating Carmella. I enjoyed this match. I thought it was a good. I think it, this would be the end of their story, but who knows with WWE. Sometimes they like to like keep raising a dead dog, but um, Reginald obviously got ejected. Um, they were teasing some dissension between her and him before the show. So I was thinking that maybe he was going to side with Sasha. We got the little tease when he caught her, obviously. Um, but I thought this was an entertaining match overall. I had no problem with it. And I'm glad Sasha won because she appears to be headed to WrestleMania as the champion. Yeah, look, she's she's money. She's Disney Plus. She's everything you need it to be. And so, I mean, why wouldn't she be on the top of the card? I mean, she's on top of the hours on SmackDown, and she's been proven she's an entity to herself. So, you know, it works. Um, but the match itself to me was pedestrian. It was it was good. It was just like as we talked about, she went to like the top rope at like three minutes in, and then did the meteora. And I think you looked at me and we were, we were like, eh, she wants to stay around. She might want to worry about those knees, which is true. I mean, she's. She's, I mean, she doesn't pull, she doesn't hold back. And I think that's why we love her. But like, there are some times maybe somebody should talk to her and be like, look, like you want to be a superstar. That's fine. But like, if you want to be a megastar, maybe slow down just a little I bit. I think people probably do tell her that. And she's like, no, I, she's like, cause 
from what I know about her, she's someone who wants to be the best every time she's out there and give the best performance she can, no matter what. It's not in her nature, which, like we said, is why we love her, but it's also why we get scared for her. Because, yeah, like, the running knees are amazing. She does them better than anyone. But when you're seeing the amount of time she does them to the outside or across the ring, it's just like every time you're like, oh, God, please don't get hurt. But I will say it's such a good part of her offense because she finds different ways, especially like in the corner. She finds different ways to use the move, which I think is always good. Um, but, yeah, obviously this match was nothing special, but I think the entertainment value brought it up and is why I liked it a lot. Yeah, look, you know, it, it was a good match. It wasn't great. And so, I mean, their matches are what they are. So let's move on to something that I thought was actually... I think if we're talking about the next thing, it was pretty good. I really enjoyed this one. The so, Women's Royal Rumble? I did. I thought this was really I good. I think it was... Uh, it's hard to say. I'd probably have to watch both of them, but I think this was the better Rumble. Um, for me, at least, watching it, I enjoyed it. I thought there was a lot of good balance in here. But obviously, I want to start right at the top because my biggest takeaway... is when I was looking at this Rumble. I'm like, Bianca and Rhea. These are the two I want to see shine. These are the two that I want to do well. I obviously picked Rhea to win, but Bianca would have been my next choice. The fact that they came down to the final two, I loved because, like, the thing about that I loved about last year is that, yes, yeah, Charlotte was the winner, but I thought the biggest winner in the Rumble from last year was Bianca Belair because she set a standard for herself, be like, this is how I'm starting. Where do I go next? So, obviously, that was a big part of her build this year. Her expectations were up. If you watched her uh, documentary, it's like, she's, I'm not just happy to be here anymore. I'm going to be disappointed if you don't win. Um, she's now shown, I think she came in at three this year. She's now shown that she is a dominant Rumble competitor. So going forward, if she's in the Rumble, I think that's something we'll see. It's like they're building a legacy with her at this event. Obviously getting the win, she's going to main event WrestleMania uh, against Sasha Banks, which is probably going to be an amazing feud leading up. But I think it's also good because we've kind of thought for a while that Rhea Ripley is on the roster. She wasn't on Raw. Maybe she'll be on SmackDown. But I also think this is great for her because I'm ready for next level with her because she showed last year she is a main event star and can be one of the top women, if not the top woman on the roster. So having these two being the center of this Rumble, the story of this Rumble, and the last two in the Rumble is a big win for me. Yeah, I mean, I thought that the whole Royal Rumble was great. I think that the only thing that, uh, I don't know if you talked to, to Rossi or not about the uh, the Rock Big Show ending with maybe Belair having her feet on the bottom of the floor, but that's fine. Uh, we're not. Gonna... I'd rather talk to Bovada, you'll get my paycheck, but I mean, winners already happened. We can't go back. We can't change history. Can't change history, he says. And they'll probably ignore it on SmackDown, I would hope. But anyway, yeah. moving on from the rest of it, I think that there were a lot of cool moments in there that definitely spot on for me. It was like Reginald holding and then getting the kick and dropping <laughs> her like before he had gotten the kick. He kind of like tossed her. I thought that was hilarious. I mean, obviously the comebacks of like other people that we'll talk about. Um, but there's just so many like that's why we love the Rumble. Returns, comebacks, all this cool stuff. Also, Billy Kay, as we talked about, is awesome. Like Billy Kay, so she's so good doing the resume bit, trying to do commentary, showing her resume every single time. Like she made her maximized minutes. She had a little bit with the iconics, and then she had a little bit with the Riot Squad. It made perfect sense. You know, like which side was she's going to be on? And you know, all that stuff made perfect sense. And then Lana got her moment eliminating Nia, yes. which again, which as you said was already the Super Five moment of the year, even though we're right at the beginning of the year. Uh, but hey, you got to start somewhere, man. Someone has to be the favorite. It's true. You got to start somewhere and see if you can <laughs> add to it, right? So Lana had a big moment there. She didn't win, which we were kind of hoping. Uh, but it's it's not that bad. It's not not bad at all. And so we've kind of have to tip our hats to them because they they found here's the thing. They found a way when there was a lull to pick it back up again. Like yes. I wasn't I wasn't continuously looking at my phone. I wasn't continuously talking to you guys. I mean, I was, you know, off off once in a while, but like it had my attention more than anything else in this whole show. I thought that this one yes. was it. And I think it's maybe because it's newer and it's like nice to see like who might return, who might be uh, have a one shot, all these things like or, or who's going to face who and stuff and who gets brought up. So it's just it's so much more refreshing to me when I watch it that I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, Tony Storm looked good. Obviously, there's so many different women. Dakota Kai, I was so excited for her. I was hoping for Raquel, but it didn't happen. But I'm sure next year, probably she's going to be a beast. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I, I think, in my opinion, this was the best match of the night. Honestly, I think it, it like I said, it, I think it exceeded my expectations. And on top of it, JC, we were Kelly Kelly-less. So I was very excited about that. <sighs> well, I will say that I think the advantage the Women's Rumble has is that since there are less actual women on the roster, there's more room for these. NXT people to show up or these legends to return like or I use legends loosely because you know Jillian and Alicia Fox are in that category uh but and like the Jillian thing like I Jillian was like my least favorite person of all time as a kid but her and Billy Kay make so much sense because it's that similar type of annoying character 
Um, so I thought like that team up was cool. But yeah, like you said, I thought this this had the most balance. It was exciting. There was a lot of people who got to show off their stuff. It, it definitely was one of the best parts of the night, but I think the next part of the night was, I think, the best thing of the night. The Women's Rumble might be my favorite, but Reigns and KO in that last man standing match, I expected it to be good. I think it exceeded my expectations. Uh, the Obviously, the only blip was that uh, apparently the the handcuffs were backwards, so it was harder for Polly there to unlock uh, there, but that's it's going to happen, you know. But I'll forgive that. But they obviously they took the the uh, spot from AEW with the golf cart pop for that. Like there was a lot of fun stuff in this match. These two put their bodies on the line as we always expect in these types of matches. And obviously Roman Reigns won, and he's headed to WrestleMania most likely. Most likely, he is the head of the table. He is Mister Ooh. <laughs> but uh, he, yeah, I mean, this match was brutal beyond brutal. I mean, having them do the first spot off the commentary table, and then it was like, okay, not big enough. Let's get a forklift. Let's do a senton. <laughs> I, mean, I just I love Kevin Owens because he's probably looking around going like, how high can I climb and throw my body off of it? Like, I'm sure if there was a Hell in a Cell just chilling out there, he probably would have climbed it. You know what I mean? Like, he, oh, yeah. if he could have gone up that WrestleMania sign again, he would have done it, too. Like, he just would have found yeah. a way to do something incredible. If he and honestly, like I make the joke all the time, at least if he dies, he's going to make the Kaboom of the week. But like, seriously, like how many times <laughs> is he going to make the Kaboom of the week? He just like he does not disappoint. Like when he's in that match. No matter what the situation is, he finds a way for it to make sense. So congratulations to those two guys. They ripped it up. They did a great job. I don't necessarily consider it uh, the best match on the card, like I said, but an incredible match and definitely expectations were met, if not exceeded a little. But I mean, Mr. Ua is on super fire right now. Like he is beyond like where he should be, I think. And I think by WrestleMania, he is going to be in tip top shape. Yeah, and it's curious to see, because um, of the next part, uh, the winner of the Men's Royal Rumble in the main event obviously was Edge, who came in at number one. Randy Orton was the runner-up. He came in at two. Um, I was already upset with this match because they announced that before, and I never like really like knowing one and two because those are the guys who get the full entrances, which obviously, like, I think if there was a crowd, they wouldn't announce these guys as one, two because the pop for, the ed- for Edge would have been huge. So I get kind of why they did it. But at the same time, I still don't like it. Um, I also just like knowing now that these two were the final two. I think that WWE is getting too carried away with like whoever comes in first lasts till the end. Now I feel like it's nice when you get variety year to year, showing that it can be. But the fact that like every time now it's like someone in these first couple spots either wins or like in this case, uh, one and three won for the two rumbles. Um, but that's just it's. So maybe next year try to mix it up a little. But again, I get why they did it. Um, shout out, like look it. I know both of us kind of like groaned about a little bit about Edge winning. It's not that we don't like Edge. It's just that we probably would. I don't want to speak for you. We probably wouldn't have, would have liked to have it go in a different direction, especially for me, like the Rumble. I think it's always an opportunity to like put someone up and Edge could have challenged for either of those titles without it. I don't think he needed this, but it's, I will say when they release a documentary, whenever they do about this comeback and him winning this match, it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to love it and be like, Oh my God, his story, his story is great. But my immediate reaction is I was disappointed with the winner. I wasn't disappointed with the match. Cause I still thought it was good um, for the most part, but I'm curious your takeaways, I guess, starting with edge. So, uh, you know, like you said, Orton and edge flip spots, you know, that yeah. was the other thing that like <laughs> we've already joked about. It was just like uh, out of thin air, nobody cared. And, and that's the other thing too. Number two never gets any credit. Like number two is in there as long as number one and it never gets said and never gets noticed. It's almost just like number one is the only thing he lasted from number two. Like obviously it doesn't sound very well. Good. Cause if, if one lasts beyond two, then you know, it's just a two's chasing the whole time. Yeah. But just got to get rid of one man. You want to be noticed, you got to get rid of one if you're number two. And I think last year Bianca did get rid of Alexis. So she did pass. I'm it. just saying it's stupid. Like it's just whatever, but it's just, it is what it is, but there's so many things that like, it's, I think once, once I saw the promo on the go home of raw, I thought to myself, okay, he's winning, which is why I picked him and had perfect, uh, rumble record this year, which is great. Good for me. Uh, however, <laughs> however, um, humble brag. But the other thing that I took away from this whole thing was like, I was very excited for Christian. Like that was really cool. Like that moment yes. with Edge, which we love Christian. We think Christian's is just as good as Edge, if not better. So I was very excited to see that. I was kind of surprised that Christian made it to the final four with the people in the ring based on what was going on. So it was kind of like an eh on that one. Because um, you know how they value Edge. They, they value Seth Rollins. They value Braun in some state, I guess. So 
whatever. And then, of course, Randy Orton's sneak attack at the end. But it's just, it was so odd. But I, I love the idea of Orton kind of feigning an injury or having an injury and then coming back and trying to win and then lose. Like, I thought that was a cool story to add to what what happened on Monday, which was great. But it's just like, I don't know, like... I think I'm over Edge and I'm sorry because he's one of my favorite people. Like I love Edge as the ultimate opportunist. I love when he would come in and take things from people that you love. Like I love that stuff. But I think Babyface Edge, as much as I love his story, I'm just going to myself going, this is not the best version of him. Like he's he's at, he's at his best. Like I want to see him succeed, but he, I'm, I, he's at his absolute best when he is going to step on somebody else to get what he wants. And so that's what I know him as. So it's hard for me to like fully appreciate everything and I do appreciate it, but it's just, it's just not the same. Like it's just, it's just not. So how about this? Cause I was just thinking this as you were saying it, obviously if he goes on the challenge, Roman, he's the mega baby face, which is very possible. It's 50 shot. But if he's facing Drew McIntyre, edge has the ability to be a very good foil for Drew. If they do allow him to be a heel, if they go in that direction, that feud will probably be good, mm-hmm. and this would probably make it worth it. But in terms of the way it's going right now, um, if they do a babyface, babyface, I don't think it will be as good of a lead up. But you did right there when you mentioned that. I'm like, okay, if they do flip edge, which they, you know, they, I guess you could say they kind of teased it in that the horrible raw opener. But if they do flip him to a heel and he goes on a challenge, Drew, and kind of like conniving along the way, then I think maybe we get back in. But in terms of what we've seen so far, I'm with you. I'm not out on edge. I just I'm over it, I think, like you said, is a good way to put it. Yeah, I just, I'm not like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like he had his moment last year, so that was like yeah. a really cool thing. And I think this year it just felt like, okay, like, yes, this is probably where we should have been for this year, I guess, because he's back. But it's just like, yeah, I get to a point where I'm just thinking to myself, what exactly can we be doing to do something that makes everybody happy? I know you can't make everybody happy, and I'm sure a lot of people are in the majority of loving Edge and stuff, which I'm sure is great, but I just can't, for the love of me, think about how important it is to just move on from this kind of thing and like let other people kind of succeed. So like when I watched him on Monday, I know I don't want to talk about it too much, but it's just like when I watch him on Monday, I'm like, mm, I'm thinking yeah. I'm, I think I think that ship has sailed. Yeah, I hate to say it. I think I'm with you for the most part. I'm willing to let it play out because I think obviously Edge is one of the greatest minds in wrestling we've seen in the last 20 years. Um, so I think that he will figure it out and it probably will be good. But yeah, I just, there's other guys I wanted in that opportunity and they didn't get it. But other takeaways from the Rumble? Do you have any hot points? Yeah, I mean, I was very surprised to see Kane, the Hurricane, uh, Rollins, obviously, we talked about. And of course, a, a Carlito! Huge, well, Carlito. Tons of great returns. Yeah, and then, and then of course, something I didn't expect was Damian Priest having a huge showing. I mean, he's good, but they definitely went do out of their think way. He just took the Keith Lee spot. I think he was probably supposed to be in it, but do you think they were probably like with Keith Lee out, like, let's give Priest the rub? Maybe that's my I mean, takeaway. that was my takeaway too. When we were talking on the thread, like I'm sorry, not the thread, on the the, uh, the zoom, but it was just like that's how I felt about it. Was Damian Priest was doing such a good job on NXT, but then he kind of like couldn't do anything, right? So then Keith yeah. Lee was like already in that upper echelon anyway, and then of course he had you know to sit out and and so I mean Damian Priest is a good plug and play kind of guy because like right now he doesn't have anything. So you know if it was a one off, it worked. If it was more than a one off, as we saw, it was fine. I don't necessarily love what they're doing with him obviously, but that's uh, neither here nor there. So, I mean, Kane was surprising. I think that was for stats reasons. Hurricane had the same spot from Triple H and uh, I believe Steve Austin from way back when in 2001. So that was kind of like, uh, we're seeing rehash stuff and whatever. I think it was Bobby Lashley. I can't remember the other person, but it was just like... Yeah, but I will never not pop for the Hurricane. Yeah. Stand back! There's a Hurricane coming through! Yeah, it dun, was... Dun, dun, dun. I just I, I just can't help it. I love it. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was good. I mean, it was definitely something fun to do, but it was just, it was so weird to me to watch kind of those things happen because like i think when i look at the array of people that were on the women's and then i look at the, the people that were in the men's i'm just like i was more excited to see the women like i and i really was like this list is fine it was like kind of people i root for but it wasn't like oh my god like nothing like well, i think it's also like you mentioned like the hurricane they've done this before with him he's also been back in recent rumble same with kane carlito was the only like really like oh my god he's back whereas the woman had like multiple that came back that was like oh shit i hadn't seen them before and like and we talked about nxt like i think priest was the only nxt call up in the men's which again i think it makes a lot more sense because there's so many more men on the roster that deserve to be in this rumble that i'm glad got in like the ollies like the ricochets like the xavier woods these guys who like if they would have left out i would have been disappointed because these are grinders that are there for your product all year so i'm glad that like a, a hurricane or a cane isn't taking their spot 
I'd rather have them take away a spot from a potential NXT person because, I mean, NXT is doing a lot of good things right now uh, in the singles division. So I don't, I don't think there was anyone besides Priest that really needed this immediate elevation. So I was okay with how they handled everything. I think that's pretty much everything on the Royal Rumble, uh, with the exception of Peter Rosenberg doing something that nobody should ever do. And then we're going to move on. So that's basically <laughs> it, because Peter Rosenberg can just keep being a jock sniffer. Anyway. Oh, boy. I'm just saying. Just is what it is. Hey. You know what, Nestlemania? If one of us were Peter Rosenberg, that'd be the happiest moment of our lives. Yeah, so I'm not yeah. going to take it away from him. Lifelong lesson fan gets his moment. Whatever. He's annoying. Doesn't matter. He had his moment. I'm happy for him. Peter's going to hate. I don't need to see it again, though. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so <laughs> let's move on to the regular part. Always in the shine. Pick up the t-shirt on tpublic.com slash jobberknocker. So, Nestlemania, uh, I got nothing really to say about SmackDown because it was a shitty go-home. They got nothing there. So we're strictly about raw there wasn't a ton i really loved about raw which like usually after the rumble it should be a hot show there wasn't a lot that really got my juices flowing but one thing that i think is the most consistent most entertaining most must-see part of raw right now and her name is alexa bliss yeah i mean look she did a great job i mean there's no other like so she had her she had her match against uh, nikki cross which the one part that really stuck out to me was that she kind of changed up sister abigail a little bit to have a ddt yes. which was cool i kind of liked it yeah. honestly i think it's better looking than the sister abigail it looks more devastating anyway to plant somebody face first um the way she does it so i was i was happy to see that she put her own little twist no pun intended on it um and that was great and then of course in the main event she found herself because i was i was sitting there thinking to myself as watching this morning i was going what are they going to do to get edge to win and move on mm-hmm. without really taking away too much of it and they did a decent enough job with it i don't understand the the like the detective in me was like okay the black like foam coming out of her mouth made me think of like papa shango and the ultimate warrior back in 92 but it was just like or night whatever it was 91 92 but it was just like oh like it was still good i just don't know where we're headed and so if she's which i don't think is a bad thing if she's willing to do these things to get the, the 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 whole story across i'm for it you know and i think that that's great because she didn't overshadow Edge. She didn't overshadow Orton. She just kind of was like a side thing, and that's great. Uh, I even appreciated more that than when they crossed each other's path at the entranceway. I thought that was really Beautiful. telling. Like you know, and someone actually put out on Twitter it was like when you when you see your ex in public. Like that's exactly like like. Well, it was so know. well done too because Randy Orton, as you expect, eyes were forward. He stopped because he knew she was there, but he refused to acknowledge her. Where she was just staring right at him, and even as they walked by, her eyes did not come off him. And I thought that's. It's such a little thing like that makes the story so much better for me because it fits exactly who Randy Orton is and his place in this feud and exactly what Alexa Bliss needs to be. But I will say this. So maybe I'll put on my detective hat a little, little wiggle here. So I watch a lot of really shitty TV shows that do a lot of weird like this kind of stuff. And for me, whenever I've seen that type of black liquid, it usually means like a Leviathan type uh, like mix in with because that's kind of like what comes out of them, like, and the only way I think you can kill Leviathan is to behead them, and then the black blood, goo, whatever you want to call it, comes out. Um, so that, I don't know really how to take it to the next level, but that was my first thought, is, like, we've heard about Bray has been gone for a while, and you know he got burned, so he's metamorphosing into something else now, we would think. He's still going to be the Fiend, but maybe a different version of the Fiend. So for me, maybe a Leviathan-type tie-in, um, and a Leviathan, obviously, there's a tons of different ways you can go with it. So that at least caught my attention. That's really what popped into my head. But like you said, I don't know exactly where they're going with it. I didn't understand exactly immediately, but it was a great visual. It was a great way to end the show. And it was a great way to continue to give Edge's win, let him move on, but also continue to make this Randy Alexa Bray thing must see. And I do have a little bit of something in my hope for this later. What a tease he is, folks. What a oh, yeah. tease. The women must love you. Anyway, let's move oh, on. Yeah. So basically, we are we are SmackDownless, I guess, because uh, the whole show was Kaputnik and didn't really matter. Um, there were a lot of things on this show that I was kind of like, eh, about. But the one thing that I was very excited about, very very much so, Sheamus versus yes. Drew McIntyre. I was expecting this to happen at some point. I thought it might have happened later. I didn't think it was going to happen at WrestleMania specifically. But goddamn, am I excited for this? I think this is two hosses just going at it, beating the piss out of each other. And I'm going to love it. I think, you know, our boy Ben is a huge fella fella. And uh, he loves him some Sheamus. And I'm always excited when Ben's excited about stuff because it's always fun. But Drew McIntyre kind of needs that, like... I wouldn't necessarily say Sheamus is the anti-McIntyre because he's not, but I feel like he's Bizarro Mac. Like, he's just like, Mac is like 10-ish. He's 
mayonnaise. You know, like, he's got long hair, he's got short red hair, he's got a beard. Well, they both have a beard. That was didn't ever work out for me. But one dresses like a, a, a 1950s gangster, and the other dresses like a guy from Scotland. You know, it's just like, there's little intergosyncies. I think even their personalities, because one thing we've seen about McIntyre is like, for the most part, he's very measured and calculated and calm when he does things where Seamus flies off the handle in an instant. I think that's why like their friendship has worked so well on TV because they're always that like, like yin and yang that you're looking for to play off each other. I like you, like when this first little thing happened, I immediately said fast lane, fast lane. I think that's where this is going. But like you, I didn't really expect it on Monday because I felt like we weren't here yet. So that's why I think the bro kick was so well done. Cause it was just kind of like, Oh, okay. But it also gave us something from McIntyre to immediately move on for Goldberg. If Edge isn't his future at Mania, we now have something we can dig our teeth into in the meantime. And I also think Sheamus is the perfect guy to, we talk about elevating people into WrestleMania season, especially if the main event is McIntyre Edge. Sheamus is the perfect guy to elevate Mac and give us the best version of McIntyre, momentum-wise and everything, headed into Mania because that match 100% will be super hot by it. Yeah, we we both know this. I mean, I can see this being a match where it's no DQ and just barroom brawl kind of Kill stuff. Kill each other. Yeah. Like, not necessarily, hopefully not a last man standing, but, like, something that specifically would make sense for them. I don't know. But, like, Seamus is, like, as we talked about, he gets a lot of crap, but Seamus does a good enough job where he's in and what he does, and he doesn't overplay his hand. So... I was excited to see this. I think definitely, you know, Mac needs a new notch on his belt and needs to be able to go on to WrestleMania to really... Because, like, the Goldberg thing was kind of like a... I don't know. Like, it almost felt like a charity case in some ways. Like, he had to get through it. This is more of a, like, okay, let's get him. Let's reset him. Let's put him back into fucking monster mode and let's do all this stuff, you know? So, I think beating somebody like a Sheamus is a big deal for him. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Because I think they're both, like, like you said, notching the belt. Goldberg's, like, he took down a legend. It's a nice win to put on his resume. With Sheamus, like, it's not going to look as good on paper, but watching it, it's going to be a great feud and way better. And I think their history together, like you saw McIntyre in his promo, how emotional he got. Like, I thought it, it wasn't like perfect, but I was like, this stuff works when you play on the emotion and friendship and stuff. And I look forward to how they continue to build this. Yeah, look, we're going to be talking about this for at least a couple of weeks, because if it ends up at Fastlane, it's going to be good. So that's pretty much it. Right, what else do you have in the shine? Uh, I got two more things. This one's kind of a quick one, but... uh. The Hurt Business retain their tag team championships against the Lucha House losers. So how is that not shine? But I will say, they're still playing off the Shelton Cedric thing. But we had a role reversal in this match where Shelton is actually the one who tagged himself in to pick up the win. So I like that little note. It was kind of him getting back at Cedric. So they're continuing to tease the dissension while they're still having success. So for me, I enjoyed this for what it was. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was almost a job alert. I'm just kidding. It wasn't a job alert. It was just Lucha House It was two-segment, I believe. It was. It was two segments or more. But it's just, I did appreciate Shelton doing his whole thing. I thought that was great. Um, and it, and it again, it, it pushed the, the story forward with Shelton being, okay, I'm going to do the exact same thing you do to me. So the Hurt Business is okay, apparently. If you watch Raw Talk, they say, no, we're fine. We're fine. They're the new Bullet Club. Bullet Club's fine. So was the Hurt Business. So it, it it's funny to me to see how it, it ends up. But I think that um, going forward, we always think that, you know, Shelton is going to be the guy that stays, but I have a feeling that Shelton's going to be the one kicked out. Like, I feel like somehow, some way, they're going to see that Shelton isn't, is Shelton somehow is going to be the weak link, and that's going to be the end of it. Versus Shedrick is probably the person we would think and then go off and do something cool, but it's not necessarily the case. So, it's hard. I mean, you can go different ways with this. Obviously, Bobby, I don't know if you want to talk about this, because I thought this was shine-worthy as, as well. Yeah, Bobby, Bobby ha having his U.S. title against Riddle, which didn't end up really becoming a match, because Bobby snapped, and MVP was like, whoa, 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 man, whoa, man. Uh, but no, it's just, it didn't didn't really work out in that aspect of it for Bobby, but it didn't really work. The other thing, too, is, I don't know if you noticed this at the end, they came back at the end of the break, and he's like, I don't know who I was facing. I don't know if there's some yeah. slight amnesia, am I, uh, am I can't even talk amnesia for a riddle but like it was like okay at least to put over the move of the the hurt lock i guess but it i was i was happy with it because it was something i haven't seen in a while i like seeing Bobby's, it's also you know. yeah so the two positives for me is a lashley actually defended the title which is huge and this riddle feud has been so good that we knew like even if this ended clean it probably wasn't over but what they did is they made bobby lashley continue to look like one of the most dominant people on the roster like we know riddle's a tough guy we know he's a ufc guy and bobby put a hurting a hurting pun intended on riddle and yeah i was the thing after the I, at first i was like i always get a little uncomfortable 
when they kind of tease like head trauma and stuff like that. But at the same time, like that's exactly what they were going for is because this segment was all about putting Bobby Lashley to the moon. I don't know how long they're going to drag this out. But again, like I've said every week, I'm not against it because every week they do something like this where this is like a freight train. It's not stopping. It's continuing to evolve every week. So I'm enjoying it too. Yeah, and look, I, I, I think if we're getting Bobby ready for uh, maybe a little Brock action, I'd be okay with that too. So oh, you gotta yeah. take him, you gotta take him seriously in order to really get to that Brock level. And at least on the size, you look at him and go, yeah, I'd, I'd believe that. You know, I don't necessarily know if Brock Lesnar believes it, but you know what? Maybe there is box office there. I don't know. Maybe he, maybe we, we call Brock box office, but maybe he's box office Bobby. We don't know. We have no idea. We won't know until we test hey. it, folks. It's one of those things. If they uh, float enough money to Brock's way, I think he'll come down for WrestleMania and fight Bobby. We'll see. We'll absolutely see. I mean, he's probably happy uh, sitting in the you know the woods hunting, but maybe he can hunt down some uh, Bobby Lashley. That'd be great. The last thing for me on Raw, this was probably the most entertaining segment for me uh, on Raw, like the portion of it that I really enjoyed, and that was Miz TV because Miz and Morrison, when they're in their element, man, I just laugh. I just laugh, and they just they just. No matter what they're put with, it's like, here, take this thing that we know is unpopular, but entertain the fuck out of me. And they did their job. And when they started singing their little single, like, I, I, I was there, I was crying. Like, they just, this is where these two guys shine. They do their job well, no matter what is put in front of them. And obviously, we know this was a shit sandwich, because I know you and a lot of other people are very, very, very anti the other half of this. But I thought Miz and Morrison were the most entertaining part of Rockley. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna, I was honestly gonna look at the rest of whatever I was gonna talk about this week to see if there's any more babyface shine. Because I mean, this could be a very good teeter totter segment right now for me to. I think it's a teeter totter because I got nothing else. Besides okay, this. so I will go boom, get him off my TV. There, if there was a candidate to get off my television, it would be Bad Bunny. Uh, I, I've seen, seen a tweet right now. Somebody's trying to start a fight on Twitter saying Bad Bunny is bigger in Latin America alone than WWE is worldwide, which is laughable. But, uh, you know, people want to start fights. I will say this. In terms of, um, he is, like, obviously me and you, like, I didn't really know who he was. I'd heard of him, but I didn't know who he was. But it's not, he is like a Latin reggae type thing. In that culture, he is a megastar. He is immensely popular. So in terms of that, like, I was looking, because I obviously, like, I don't want Bad Bunny on my TV. I don't want him to be a wrestler. But uh, you know what the most watched YouTube video from the Royal Rumble was by more than half of what the next thing was? It was the Bad Bunny concert. Last I checked, it was like 2.4 million, whereas the next closest was a Royal Rumble highlight piece at like 1.1. So they knew what they were doing with this. It's that cross-promotion thing, which like it's not something that I was like I'm necessarily into, but I do think like, yes, if this continues to be a weekly thing, it's gonna it's gonna be quite painful. But I think the way they did it, and especially because it was with Miz and Morrison, and this is where these guys excel, it's I can forgive it. I can forgive it. Because that's not where it is. If this continues to be a thing where at WrestleMania it's Damian Priest and Bad Bunny versus the Miz and Morrison, yeah. then we can talk. Then I think we can go on a completely hand. But I will say, like, WWE is good at maximizing these types of things because Bad Bunny, like, yes, for what the circles that you and I run a lot, like, he's not a big deal, but this is a big deal, like, in the Latin community and for Hispanics, and like, he is very popular. So I think for in that in terms of it, it is a home run. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I hope it's a one-off, but we'll see. Yeah. Look, I mean, we already know that Damian Priest kind of came in with some like clout, I guess would be the best way to say it. He's the tall dude who can do some cool aerial moves and really good striker and all that stuff. But then when he has the mm. bad bunny thing, like it's a good way to get him over as like a big deal. Cause bad bunny knows him, whatever. Like I understand that too. Like they were using, they were positioning bad bunny to get Damian Priest over, which is fine. And it makes perfect sense because you know, who knows, but then like, you know, he smacks him with a microphone, so it's like, okay, the Miz loses, but via <laughs> smack in the face by the microphone. Oh, maybe he hit, I don't know, was it Jomo or I don't know who, but he hit somebody with I it. I think he hit Jomo. It's just when he was trying to help the Miz. Yeah, I think is so, what happened. Yeah. You know, it's just it's hard because you you sit there and you go, okay, great, wonderful, but you know, uh, and then again, I'm not saying it doesn't have a place on the television. I'm just saying when I'm watching it, it's not on my television. If that makes any sense, like it's a turn off for me, but that's just me, and anybody can like Bad Bunny all they want. But when he says he wants to be a wrestler, that's fine. I just don't like when celebrities half-ass it. They get a whole asset. That's what I want. If he's going to come in and be like... Do you think he half-assed it? Because I don't think he did in terms of this week. I haven't seen enough. I honestly... I mean, the performances... Like, any performance at WrestleMania SummerSlam, I always turn it off anyway. With the exception, I think, one, my brother was in the background for something. But other than that, like... 
I didn't care. Um, this is a music shamer. We get it. Oh, stop. I love music, but it's just, <laughs> you know, like, and I, I honestly, and I'll be honest, you know, it's probably because having kids, it, but it, I felt like the old man. I'm like, who the fuck is Bad Bunny? Like, I just yeah, didn't you, know. You, this 100% was not for you because you are the old man. Like I said, like, I heard of him. <laughs> I had never listened to his music. Sure. But I'm aware of him, and I was only aware of him because I had heard the song about Booker T, like, and I had right. seen the music video. So it's just like, for him, hey, if he grew up a wrestling fan and he wants to write a song about being a wrestling fan, if you're a wrestling fan, you can't be mad about that because that's pretty freaking cool. Right. Like if, if I grew up and became a musician and I was able to write a song about Booker T and I'm doing my music video, it'd probably be the coolest thing ever. So good for this kid. Good for like everything going on with that. But like we've said, like end it here because you go much farther. I get like because the the wrestling community can be great, but it can also like it can be very of like, oh, you're not one of us. We don't want you. And that's right. part of it that I don't always necessarily like it because we see it all the time with people who don't come up through like wrestling in like the indies or the bingo halls. Like, and people are immediately like, oh, you got a free ticket. No, they don't deserve to be here. And as we've seen, like the Corbins, the Roman Reigns is the, like, these are the type of people that there, there are people that can come do it that way. So I always am willing to give people a chance, but I just, I don't see the, him as being an actual wrestler so if they're gonna bring him out every week i don't think it works yeah i'm not necessarily in love with the whole thing anyway so let's just move on <laughs> yeah let's just go uh, on. what else were you not in love with on rock there's a few other things yeah i mean i'm looking at what i saw here i mean xavier woods beats ali with the help of kofi that was like i'm 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 at a point where i feel like are you actually yawning okay <laughs> yeah okay. that was a i for no i forced the on because okay. i was falling asleep when you talked about retribution. Yeah, I mean, retrib- retribution is tough on television, especially with their with. And I, I said this, they got to be careful because they're they're funny on Twitter, which means they're going to end up becoming a job or hilarious group on Raw if they keep this. Honestly, up, so. maybe that'll be better because their segments just like they're not. I literally like so we're talking about retribution. I see an, a, a promo from Ali, which is absolute super hot fire. And yes, they aired a portion of it before the match, but like. Can this just be the segment sometimes? Because this is literally like the six Xavier Woods feud with Retribution is a copy and paste of the Ricochet feud with Retribution. Now they've brought back Kofi, so we're headed towards Kofi Ali, which is good. But it's just like they have put no effort into making Retribution unique. They're just like, yeah, just go out there, a bunch of nameless, faceless people with Ali, and be something cool. And it just hasn't worked. I will say... They are tweeting. Uh, they are. They had a back and forth between uh, Reckoning, Mia Yim, and Xavier Woods, um, wanting a match. And your boy Adam Pierce said he's running it up the pipeline. So I will say this: I'm not a big fan of Mia Yim, but I think Mia Yim's style would work a lot better in the men's division as entertainment value than it has in the women's. So I'm all for Xavier Woods, Mia Yim when she's COVID cleared. So sign me up for that. Mia Yim and Xavier Woods are only going to take place in the video game land because that's where they both belong. Like when they, that. Match I will happens. say this though. Because I, I did see something, but uh, have you seen the Mia Yim, Keith Lee stuff from pre-WWE? Yes, absolutely. It's good. Yeah, it is good. good. So I think Mia Woods would be good. And this, I think, could probably be the best thing Retribution could do in terms of on-TV value in a long time. So get us there. It's going to take me a lot. It's going to take me a lot to actually care about Xavier Woods <laughs> and Mia, honestly. Like, I mean, I'm all for intergender wrestling, but like, I also have to care about the people in the match. Like, I, don't, I feel like Xavier Woods gets a sour deal most of the time. Mia Yim is just as you tell you know as I'm not gonna bash her, but I mean she's I'm just not a fan of the in the ring set. Yeah. In, in the in, in the ring set. In the ring. As a human being, I'm sure she's delightful, but it's just yeah. in the ring it's just not for me. And that's fine. It's just not not all the stuff is just for me. So it's I have to, you know, take that into consideration. But it is what it is. Um The one thing I just want I don't want to shit on, but I just want to say that I'm not thrilled of is shit this, on it, shit on it. This women's triple threat tag match was, in my opinion, the drizzling shits of the week. With the exception of the match that happened at Rumble, this one was yeah. no better. Uh, this was an upgrade, but not. But that's just saying because we upgraded from dead and buried to slightly covered in dirt. I will say I do enjoy the uh, the uh, Lana Naomi like tandem. Yes, I, think I like their vibe. I, yeah, I like the like like watching Lana slide down with Naomi, like having fun. Like I get into that. Like I can totally understand that portion of it. It's the other two teams that I'm just like, okay, sexy muscle friends, whatever it is, what it is. They're just kind of there right now. Cause they've treated them like that. And then, yep. you know, basically Oscar was like not trying to cry and being like, just don't do it again. And then it happened again and they lost, which was like, okay, that was very predictable. But the, but the real headline for me is that since Charlotte's come back, she really hasn't found her groove. And so like, this was Saturday was a problem. 
I'm sorry, Sunday was a problem, and then Monday was a problem for me watching because I was just like, she. this is the worst string of matches I've seen Charlotte have or in, just involvement of Charlotte in general. So, Do you remember what I said last week with her? Yeah, is overexposure. She spread too thin. It's just it's one of those things It's like she's like in a, this big feud with like Lacey and Rick, and they're putting a lot of time into that, but she also was a tag team champion, so she's feuding with Shania. But there's just there's too many moving parts with her. You have enough women in the division, like, yes. Charlotte is one of the biggest stars and deserves to get as much TV time as anyone. But you can't, in terms of like feuds and different things, like you can't spread it this thin because it's just instead of having one good thing, you're having either a couple mediocre things or those mediocre things become bad things. And that's what is happening because it literally, this is a hot mess. It looks like they're not putting enough thought into it. I will say that Lana and Naomi as a tag team, like you said, is the shine portion of this. And I'm excited for them. And hey, if you want to give them both a WrestleMania moment and they beat Shania Payne, like, I'm all for that. The problem is they're already the number one contender, so it seems like it's going to be happening sooner. But in terms of that, it makes sense. But the rest of this mess, we got to get Charlotte and Asuka out of the tag team title picture. So maybe Asuka faces Bliss again at Fastlane. We get Charlotte and Lacey before Charlotte, Asuka at WrestleMania, which is, I think, where we're headed. I could be wrong. But it's just like, get them out of this picture Hopefully they did this because it's just like, it's, it's not good. You're making a lot of things not good by having it all over the place. Yeah. And then of course, yeah, we've talked this at nauseum, but also I just wanted to throw in very quickly, Riker, <laughs> Riker and Elias oh. in a match against rainbow colored Jeff Hardy and Carlito, which again, nice to see Carlito get an extra match and whatever. Jeff Hardy, I'm not a huge fan of Riker. I'm not a huge fan of Elias. We've talked about when he's in the match. He's not Elias sure. and Riker. Oh. Yeah. This is rough. It's, it's, it's rough television. And they know that they know that third hour, that second, third hour. That's where they belong in that bottom hour. It's it's rough. I mean, it's not it's not something people really will watch. And uh, I mean, Jeff Hardy has name value. Carlito has name value. Elias does to a certain extent, but Elias is more Gaga. And he and they. That's the thing is like his best part is the Gaga, and they've kind of like cooled off the Gaga by having this idiot with him. And it's just like it's not good TV, mainly because that guy sucks but also because he sucks on TV. Like, he just is not... I don't care about him. And he makes Elias worse. Like, you took the best thing about Elias and you made it worse, and now you're like, he's wrestling every week, which is also not good, because he sucks at that, too. So it's just like, it's just bad. They could have him face, like, the most exciting thing in the world, which was Carlito coming back, and it's still horrible. Because fucking Elias and Riker. What do I? What do we say on this program? Or mainly, you say, "Get him out of here! Get him off my TV, bitch!" Yeah, that it, there's so much that was just like, oh, oh, this is rough. But yeah, it is what it is. I don't think there's anything else that I can talk about that really, really kind of grind my gears, so to speak. Glorious. You're my only hope. You going there? Do you want to tease it? You don't have to tease it anymore. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, here we go. So I'm thinking. Okay, where do we go next? We thought the Fiend might return at the Royal Rumble and kick off his thing, Randy Orton, but he didn't. And when it happened, I was like a little disappointed because I wanted to see the theme. But then I was like, no, this could be even better. Because this Orin Alexa thing has been so good. So good. And the only way the Fiend is coming back is if Orin finally, finally gets actually physical with Alexa. So you know what? We've been talking about intergender matches. The main event of Fastlane. I want Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss. You're going to look at that and be like, whoa. There's no way they're doing that. But here's the thing. They can tease it and build it like a match. We know it's not going to be a real match. But I don't care. Because you talk about the Gaga factory, they can bring it out for this. It can be pre-taped. They can do all sorts of weird things with metamorphoses. But the ultimate ending is what we're headed for. And that is The Fiend returning to set up his WrestleMania feud with Randy Orton. And I think the most exciting way to build these next few weeks to get us there is to promote this type of match. Have Hell, have Alexa Bliss challenge Randy Orton and him not take her seriously. But then she starts to do things where she absolutely is fucking with him and just messing with him where he finally does accept. Because I think this would be a lot of fun. This is already, I think, the most fascinating thing in WWE right now. It's by far the best thing on Raw. I'm all into it. It's must-see every week. We know we're getting closer to The Fiend return, but like, I think this would be a fun way to get us there and help continue to move this forward. And it's just like, it would be so cool to see that graphic of Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss. I just, I just, that part of it, it's just like, we talk about making history in these intergender matches. It's like, let's fucking do it, man. Go all in with this. This has the story to back it up. It would make sense. Like, it just, I'm all for it. I'm all in for it. Hashtag JC Noah. Hashtag JC hopes come true. Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss. Oh, 
Not bad. Not bad at all. That would get you excited, wouldn't it? Yeah, get I mean, me excited. Uh, yeah. We 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 figure the intergender matches will never really happen in WWE if it if it's a real real match, but we'll see. Like you said, it probably has some uh, sleight of Gaga on that one, but that's fine. That's what they're doing. That's what they would do. Um, my comeback, sorry, my hope is exactly what I was going to try to be this week was a little bit off because I was thinking about it and we were talking about it earlier. I could go one of two ways here, but I'm going to go with what I, what my heart wants to talk about as much as wants what it wants. Yeah. (laughs) What, what I was really trying to think of was like, okay, edge is picking somebody. Is it Mr. Ua? Is it the Mac? Now my hope is going to scream. Basically, he's picking the Mac because that makes more sense, right? So we're going to go with that aspect. When I was watching it, I thought, okay, Edge actually said in an interview, you know, I would only come back for a certain amount of people. Drew McIntyre was one of them, so I assume this match is because of that. That's fine. Here's my hope. I'm going to stop hoping for The Miz to cash in because what's going to end up happening is that The Miz <laughs> is going to wait for... Uh, this is exactly what's going to happen at WrestleMania. Edge is going to win against the Mac. And the Miz will finally cash in because the people are going to be afraid backstage of his edge going to hurt himself. Can Ed- edge finally reaches the mountaintop one more time, which is fine. He gets his moment at WrestleMania pyro, yada, yada, yada. But here's, here's where the, the realization is. He's 50 something years old. He already hurt his, tr- his tricep. They can't have the big dog on top, have just step on an orange peel and then hurt himself. Like he's, he's fragile, you know, but he gets his moment. So my hope is that I stop talking about the Miz. The Miz will cash in at the end of WrestleMania at some day, one or two, it doesn't matter, and give Edge his moment and take it away because now Edge can chase it and everybody will just be like, okay, The Miz got his moment at WrestleMania. Because here's other things, too, they don't think about. WrestleMania 27, they're like, hey, that was Edge's last WrestleMania. It was also the main event where The Miz can't remember what he did. And nobody talks about that. They talk about John Cena and The Rock. They talk about Edge retiring. It makes perfect sense. It makes absolutely perfect sense for The Miz to say those things and for Edge to continue to do what he wants to do later on. He gets his moment. He gets the belt, yada, yada, whatever. But I I think that they can't, in good conscience, I would be shocked, if even if Edge wins, to have Edge be a champion for more than three months, I would be nervous. I would be absolutely insanely nervous. I don't think watching him on Monday, and I'm sure he did a great job selling the injury of working an hour, but like I was thinking about it, like looking at him going like he like just the long hair and the beard, he looks tired. Like he looks tired anyway, let alone can he go out and do everything else? Maybe, but the Miz has been ready for like 10 plus years. Just give it to him already. Like I'm more I'm more excited for the Miz to get it. I want the Miz, and he deserves it. So that's my hope. Hashtag Nestle's hopes come true. Hashtag Nestle knows. Hashtag Nestle knows better than JC. That is not true. Get those hashtags out of here. But I will say, you sold me on a Miz Edge feud post-WrestleMania. Inject that into my veins. Yeah. I think it's time to get a little bit of comebacky on this one. I spit in the face of people who think they are cool. Caribbean cool. Oh, the best kind of cool. My boy, Carlito. Nestlemania, that motherfucker looked yoked. Boy, if I look like that when I'm 41, oh, man, did he look good. Carlito, absolute stud. Love him. Legend. Some of my favorite stuff from back in the day. Like, he was the guy that I loved to hate. Uh, stuff with Cena. Stuff with my boy Shelty B. Just uh, the, the king of the mid-cards uh, back then. But it was great to see him. And it's funny. Uh, the Quinn twins kept saying all week, like, this is the first year, JC, that you haven't hoped for Carlito. And he's, he's actually going to come back this time. And I'm like, you know what? If that's what it takes, that's what it takes, baby. And that's what we got. I was thrilled to see him back. I'm glad that he never got a match on Monday. I'm curious to see if he's actually signed. Because I do think, looking at him in the shape that he's in, he could give a little more to this company. Especially, like, having him have some, like, mid-card feuds with some of these younger guys. Like, I think would be a lot of fun. Because he can clearly still go in the ring. He's got that charisma. And we know... He is one of the better heels we've seen because goddamn that man can be so hateable. So I'm thinking about guys like Ricochet, these guys that like might need someone to like, you know, kind of throw stuff off of or bounce off of. I think Carlito could be a good fit. So I do hope we get a little more of him because looking at him, I think he's got a little more to give us here in WWE. I don't know. Like, so I, I, I used to love Carlito back in the day. I thought it was great. But the more I watch him wrestle and I was watching him, uh, not so much in the rumble, but last night. I was thinking to myself, I don't like he's definitely yoked, as you said. He looks in great shape, but I don't know if his moveset now matches the athleticism of this kind of like environment. You know what I mean? So I, it, it, he does I'm, have to evolve a little, of course. Yeah, I don't know how much he. I mean, he clearly can probably go. I'm not saying he can't go. I'm just saying I don't know if going at the WWE style athleticism is in his cards. Like you know, like 
MVP came back, but MVP became a mouthpiece. If he's going to be a mouthpiece and kind of just be the guy that slips on a banana peel and loses, I'm okay with that. I think he could transition to that, but MVP wasn't in this kind of shape. And you know what I mean? So I think No, it's, I get that too. It's I think Carlito's style, like if especially because obviously he's doing the babyface thing right now, which makes sense, like putting him with Jeff Hardy, like whatever. But I would think that if they do do a feud, they might start with Hardy and that set him up as a heel. I think heel Carlito and his type of moveset, the way he does it, will work well with some of these baby faces. And you're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. It's just it's I'm just not a huge believer in that some people will drastically change. Because they know what brought him to the dance. So, I did appreciate... Well, I'm going to spit in your face because you think you're cool. <laughs> That's fine. He's been the same act forever, so it is... It's what great. It, yeah. it doesn't get old to me. I yeah. can watch it all day. I mean, I don't know if he should be spitting in people's faces during a pandemic, but that's neither here nor there. That's up for anybody else to decide but us. That would be a heel thing to do. It would be a heel thing to do. <laughs> Let's pass on some terrible germs. Anyway, my comeback this week goes to one Victoria, because when she came out, we just popped hard because she is somebody so that we hard. both love. Uh, she ain't the lady to mess with. We, you can say anything you want about this lady, but God damn it, she deserved this like 10 years ago. Never got it. She was crying in the Hall of Fame, uh, I guess when, I forget who was it, Trish Stratus or Lita was talking, and I'm just like, oh my God, like this woman is just amazing. And she's one of those unsung heroes that nobody talks about. About She was one of the women that could actually wrestle back in the day, and she was definitely just made for the wrong period. If she wasn't right now, she would have been perfect. Obviously, you know, people are giving her shit about you know, how old she is or whatever, like... And obviously the the 8K camera didn't look good on her or whatever. But like the, the fact of the matter remains, she still was there. She still did her thing. She was in the Rumble. She didn't show up every week and try to wrestle now. She just wanted that spot. She had her spot. I was very excited because I used to love her. And so, you know what? I'm excited for her. I'm glad she got that spot. She's way more well-deserved than most people who get it. Like, you know, a certain one name, same twice kind of thing. But she deserved it. So I'm very excited. To those people who body shamed her and shit, fuck you. Fuck off. This woman looked great for her age, and she came out, and like you said, this this is a moment we've been waiting for. This is another thing, WrestleMania. Either you or I have hoped for this Every since single the beginning year, of this yeah. podcast, and we didn't do it this year, and it also works. So maybe that's the key. Is we just going to stop hoping for what we actually want, because that's when it comes. But I think, especially because Victoria, is, like you said, is one of those overlooked, but I think by the people who do it, like Victoria isn't overlooked. I think she's a mentor for a lot of them and someone they want to strive to be. Because like you said, when you look at that period, she was one of the best pure wrestlers they had, but she also had that good character and you could plug and play her anywhere. So I know I've seen it in some of these interviews that some of these younger women do, like they bring up her name. So for them to have the ability to share the weight ring with her is probably an incredible moment for them and her. So fuck all the haters. She looked great. She's a stud. Hell, you could put her in a million K and she'd look great. It's true. It's very true. Anyway, I think that's pretty much it. Let's get into the big old finish. We've got a couple of things we got to knock down. Do you want to get socializing first? What do you want to do? We will get to those. But uh, if you're listening on iTunes or Amazon or Spotify or Stitcher or Google Play or YouTube or Anchor, five stars, five flames, leave a review, like it, whatever, whatever the platform allows you to do, please do it. We'd appreciate it. Uh, and share it. Share it with your friends. Tell them like, hey. These guys are great. It'd be like, hey, these guys suck, but they're much to listen to. So either way, five star, five flames. You know what to do. Uh, tpublic.com slash jobberknocker. That's the link for the merch. Super hot fire designs everywhere. We got a ton of them now. Even that stupid jobber house party shirt. It's a great looking design. You should buy everything on it because it's great. And it'd be awesome. And it's cool. And also, like, our website has a tab for that, if you can't remember what we said. A shop tab, jobberknocker.com, where we pump out the content, baby. Our boy DQ wrote about the Royal Rumble and why it's his favorite event of the year. Better than WrestleMania, I agree. So check that out, as well as we got Impact. We got New Japan. We got NXT. We got AEW. We got you covered across the board. So you need to be checking out the website daily, nightly, and ever so rightly. Twitter at jobberknocker, at WrestleMania, at JC of the JK, at DQ of the JK, at Rary of the JK. I'm coughing at Billy D2411, at Joe Pollock47, at TJ of the JK, at DommyFeds33, at Danny Fab with one N, and at SSJ Pegasus, Facebook Jobber, Jobber Knocker, Instagram Jobber Knocker, wherever you want to be on social media. There's a lot going on, folks, with a lot going on with Jobber Knocker. I think you're done. You're like expent, like you just spent. I, well, I finished my coffee, and now I don't have a water near me to like stop me from coughing, but we do have a little bit, a couple things to hit on. NXT, I tried to look like it was on the show this week. I couldn't find it. So if you found it, we can go over it after. But AEW does a great job of promoting. So we're going to talk about that because they have their, uh, what is it, Beach Bash or something like that? I believe but it's Beach Break, but that's fine. Beach Break, that's right. But on uh, WrestleMania, we're getting a fucking wedding on Wednesday, baby. 
who is going to break up this wedding? Is Miro sleeping oh with the wife? Oh my god. Oh my god. I cannot wait for this wedding. Because as you know, wrestling and weddings, home run. Kip and Penelope with Miro. We got uh, freaking uh, Ask Jeeves over there, Charles. It's going to be great Ask stuff. Jeeves. I'm excited for it. <laughs> I completely forgot about Ask Jeeves until you said that. So that's fucking amazing. Uh, god damn it. That's funny. No, like, I look. I, we always say weddings are the best, so let's keep it going, folks. Let's keep something fun going because we hope and pray that they do something fun. But we'll see if they if they botch this one. Who knows? Maybe it'll be a wedding that just goes through. Hey, I yeah, it's wrestling. Something debauchery is going to happen. I think it's must see TV. Also, must see TV. The match they've been promoting for this uh, event for about a month and a half: Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. Two of my favorites. They have been hyping this feud. We know Britt's one of the most entertaining. We most know Thunder's one of the best to go between the ropes. I'm pumped for this match in WrestleMania. Who do you think's going to win? It's not for a championship, right? So I would say you could probably give it to Thunder Rosa. I agree. I think she will pull off the win. Also on this card, we have a rerun of, but of the Lumberjack variety. Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer. A, do you care? And B, who win? No, I don't. And Archer. I think I don't. I think Archer won the last one, so maybe they give us Kingston because there's going to be schmoz, But I don't care either way. You're right. Uh, the only there's a six man tag in the main event, not even worth talking about. But there is a tag team battle royal for a title shot at Revolution because you know the rankings they don't even exist anymore. But hey, I love battle royals. I love a lot of people getting thrown over. So in WrestleMania, which tag team do you think is going to face the Young Bucks at Revolution? Do you actually have the list of people in front of you? Do you have like a graphic? I, I would say name an AEW tag team and they're probably in it, but uh, I'm thinking that they might actually go with MJF and Jericho. Which is I would think that MJF and Eri Erico, MJF and Jericho would be a good little thing here. I don't necessarily think that. So here's the other thing too, is like having the young bucks lose to a non tag team would upset so many people. So, you know, the AEW doesn't care though. They don't care about their actual tag teams. They have a great division, but it's, they have the Young Bucks who don't even, like, pretend like they have the titles. And they have, like, you know, before this, we had two single guys holding the titles. AEW is worse than WWE with this shit. Yeah, look, you know, I mean, hey. Maybe it would be great to see Private Party winning if they win the Impact Championship, uh, the Tag Team Championships. I think that'd be great. So you have, like, you know, two sets of tag titles. Maybe they morph them together. That'd be my outside shot of thinking that if, if they're on the graphic. I mean, I'm looking at the graphic now, and it's, like, I don't understand it because it's like it's a tag team battle royal for a shot at Revolution, but it's just like why why are the the young bucks in the graphic? I don't understand that. Because if they win, I think they get to pick their opponent. Oh, okay. See, that makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. Are the um are the are uh, Phoenix and Penta in it, or is Penta still not cleared? No, that he is not in it. We've got we've got because the... I think they they've kind of been teasing them, but I think Phoenix isn't actually in the main event, so that makes sense. Yeah, I mean we have like you know Sammy and Hager. Hey, you know what I just realized? Sammy Hager. They've used that on TV, bro. I know, but I just I didn't think of it until <laughs> they now. did a video last week of Sammy Hager shouting an audience. They're attacking. I didn't. It's so good. I'm sorry. When I they only... did this segment two weeks ago, I like legit laughed. I'm like. I could get behind this tag team just because of the name. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, private parties on there, you know, Lucha, not Lucha, excuse me. Los, uh, I guess it's the Jungle Express or whatever it is, uh, the yeah. Jurassic Express. Like, obviously, like FTR and all this stuff. But like you said, it makes more sense for Jericho and MJF. So. Yeah, I think I'm going to be let down with that one because, like, I get what they're doing, but it's just like, I don't need it. Especially when it's like you have such a good tag team as part of that stable and those guys just get no love anymore. They're just background. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not really necessarily in love with AEW right this instant because apparently it's going to be like the whole, the whole, as I'm looking at the rundown, it's like, okay, there's a six person match with Moxley and Phoenix and Pac. Excuse me, that's where Phoenix is right now. So, yeah. Okay. Against uh, Omega and, yeah, and the Good Brothers, which I don't necessarily, yeah. I used to love the Good Brothers, now I moved on from it. So it's like, whatever. whoa, 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 whoa. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is unbelievable. I, I slid that under, I've been under trying the radar. to tell you they're mediocre forever and it was no disrespect, but it's just like they are. They're just guys that ran with a cool crew. But like now that they're like, they're pushing them like they're the best thing ever. It's, it is tough. And the fact that you've turned is just, I feel better about saying that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if I have to watch uh, Darby Allen and sting break more glass, I'm going to probably vomit a little. So it's just like, <laughs> it so bad. Wasn't that horrible? Yeah. And then like, you know, having oh. Shaq had cut a weird promo in the TNA, sorry, TNT studio. Like, it's just like, and then that was bad, but I will say red velvet spit some super hot fire. Red velvet looks like, like she's trying to be Sasha her. Banks though. Like it was just like, okay, hey, wasn't care. she a jobber? Wasn't she a jobber? She was, she was, she legit was like, Oh, 16 last year or something. That's why I think this is cool. She's like a young 
up-and-comer that obviously was new until, like, they've just, like, she's, friend, she's become friends with Brandy. They kind of took her under the wing. But this is what I love to see in wrestling when someone who was nobody starting to, like, be, like, give them an opportunity. I'm like, whoa, because I thought she grabbed it last week with that promo. I was impressed. Good for her. I couldn't take her seriously because I was thinking to myself, like, n- none of this made sense. Like, it's like, okay, Arn's going to talk, and, and it's just like, okay, Cody's going to oh, listen. Well, Arn. And, oh, you know, Arn. like, it's just like... Oh, Arn. I, I mean, there's clearly a space for Arn in the world of wrestling because he's got a brilliant brain. But like the whole thing, like hey, that makes, play sheet, the play sheet, like the guy's going to be able to tell him in the middle of a match. <laughs> like, I just I can't I can't I can't. I love it. I can't I, with Cody. I just he he trudges out that guy. He does this thing. It's just like, is Red Velvet, Velvet going to take the, the pin at, at Revolution? I'm sure of it. Like, it's just I mean, they can't lose. seem like this whole thing seems like they're trying to build Jade Cargill because she clearly is like. And on the mic, she's super hot fire. I have no idea if she can wrestle. She looks the part. But I think that's what this kind of is. And it's obviously, like, this is them using their TNT platform. That's all it is. And you know what? Shaq's done wrestling stuff before, and it wasn't the worst. So I'll give it a chance. But, yeah, I mean, it's not something I'm looking forward to. But it's also, there's a lot of things that I think are worse. And that would be, like, the old man breaking glass. (sighs) All right. Well, that's pretty much everything I think that's looking forward. And I use that word very loosely at AEW. But, you know, who does cover a great job on that is the Joe Stopper. He is absolutely killing it every single week where the uh, AEW. You can buy his merch on Public. I know. Slash he Everybody's doing a great job. They're doing a great job kind of putting it down. But like I said, AEW has one of those weeks where they do amazing. And then the next week it's like, okay, what are, what are we doing? So hopefully this week is more of a like, hey, let's go. Let's do this. Because I want to be excited about Revolution. I want to be into it. And I think that they've got my attention with Sting, but do I really want to watch him wrestle? I don't know. So, no, yeah, you no, no, no. Okay, all right, whatever. I don't want that. I tried finding NXT, but as you said, they do a terrible job of promoting. I just, their I don't know. I don't understand it because their show is good, and like the things will come out day of. But it's like we were talking about this before the show. It's like AEW is constantly putting stuff out, and all week I'm reminded like what to look forward to. SmackDown's the best of the WWE of getting stuff out there because I think Fox is a promoting game. They always have been. But it's just like we know Raw is shit because we get the matches like Randy Orton versus Edge an hour before the show. It's like this is something that you need to announce sooner, which I'm granted they're coming off the Rumble. So maybe this is a bad week to do it. But it's like NXT, like we have a tournament going on. Like I need promotion throughout the week to know what to look for. And they're not giving it to me because there's a lot of good stuff happening on NXT. And our boy TJ lets us know about it. But WWE doesn't. Shame on them. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't know. I will tell you this much very quickly. It's something that very much excites me. If I ever have any free moments, I'm going to see this. Apparently, somebody should have let me know about this, that EverRise Live is a thing where they watch videos and talk about stuff. i got to watch this. There's a seven-minute video. Did you see uh, KO? What was it on Friday? Was wearing his EverRise shirt in the interview? Yeah. Stud. I I mean, I love these guys anyway, so if I have to go watch Matt Martell or or Chase Parker talk, I'm I'm in. So if they're doing seven minutes of talking, these guys are great. So check out hashtag EverRise Live because these guys are amazing on 205 Live. They deserve way better. They do. And I think they're going to get it. So I'm I'm all Do you in. watch 205 Live? I, I, I wish I had time. I honestly wish I had time. I don't have I, time. Yeah. I, don't, I, I couldn't even tell you what's going on there. I know they put Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher's uh, Dusty Cup match was on there. Just, uh, it's just uh, random. But okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is what it is, I guess. But I like I said, <laughs> I haven't had time. Uh, but you should have time to check out everything Jobberknocker because we try very hard each and every week to get you everything you need because there's so much wrestling going on. I can't even catch up with it. Thank God I read the articles and try to keep up with everything because there's just so much. So we hope you enjoy listening to the Jobberknocker. Support Jobberknocker on Public, and also go to Jobberknocker.com because they do such a wonderful job there from everybody in the staff. Anyway, we hope you enjoy this week of Jobberknocker. We'll be back next week with some more Jobberknockery. Because, as I said, botched it, just cut that out. Or leave it. I don't care. I don't even know what I was saying. <laughs>